The Chargers have found a new kicker. After six games, Tristan Vizcaino is out. Dustin Hopkins is in. And the Chargers are now taking care of their special teams duties. Now with Andre Roberts. And now a new kicker in Dustin Hopkins. And there's some Chargers that are going to have to step things up towards the end of the season. If they want to be back on the Chargers next season. But he's David Drogmeyer. I'm Daniel Wade. And we have a hell of a show for you guys today. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by David Drogmar. We've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons, started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for starting off the show, for making us your first listen. I know there's a lot of great Chargers content out there, and we appreciate you guys coming in and checking in on us, especially those who are checking us out on YouTube. And if you've forgotten, you can now follow our Locked On Chargers YouTube page. Make sure you guys go subscribe there so you can get some daily video content, really the only daily anything for the Chargers, especially video content, everyday podcast that you guys are going to find. And you can find us wherever you get your podcast from too. But talked about it earlier. I mean, Dustin Hopkins, David, the new Chargers kicker. So, I mean, I think we have to start there by Tristan Vizcaino. Now, Dustin Hopkins is the guy hoping to improve the Chargers special teams unit. But there was also something that piqued our interest when we were searching what to talk about today. And that was a Bolt Beat article talking about five players and now four players because Tristan Vizcaino was on that list that need to play better down the stretch if the Chargers are going to bring them back in 2022. And that inspired us to do our own list of guys who have played well enough that if they keep it up, they're definitely going to be back with the Chargers in 2022. So let's start with the kicker, David. I mean, now we've seen the Chargers make two moves. First, it was Andre Roberts. Now it was Dustin Hopkins. And this is coming fresh off, you know, hearing Brandon Staley say, I still have all the faith in the world that this is a very, very talented player about Tristan Vizcaino. Now the next day, you know, we're finding out that Tristan Vizcaino is gone mostly because of the five PAT misses, right? Six out of seven on his field goals. That part of it was fine, but the Chargers tried out two kickers according to Field Yates and some other sources. And one of them was Elliot Fry. One of them was Dustin Hopkins. And now, David, after being a longtime kicker for the Washington football team, he is now the Chargers' new kicker going down after the bye week. Yeah, I mean, sucks for Tristan Vizcaino, but he's a young kicker. He doesn't have a lot of success in the NFL, and I'm sure he's going to get more opportunities. He's just going to have to stick with it and try to get more consistent on those PATs. And those PATs should be automatic. I mean, there's a 33-yard field goal, and those are ones you just have to hit. And you've already missed five through six games. The Chargers had to make a move. They had to do something. Um, we didn't really expect it just based off of the comments from Brandon Staley, but they did. They go out there, they make the move, they bring in Dustin Hopkins, a kicker who has seven years of experience in the NFL, who has an average around 84%. Um, he does very well with his extra points as well. He does pretty good with his touchbacks. I think it's like 75% or, or better on the touchbacks as well. So Dustin Hopkins uh, is having a pretty good season. I don't really understand why he got cut. He missed two extra points and two field goals which doesn't really seem like it warrants being released. But, I mean, hey, the Reds, the Washington football team gets rid of Dustin Hopkins and the Chargers pick him up. You almost said the bad one. I know, man. I almost <laughs> so let it slip. 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't said San Diego Chargers in a long time, so I guess we're we're improving, right? But yeah, I mean, it seemed obvious going into the bye that if there was a time for you to bring in a new kicker, even though it wasn't very you know long into Tristan Vizcaino's career, because he really was, for all intents and purposes, a rookie, right? He had made one career field goal coming into the job with the Chargers, so you just didn't feel like the Chargers had any faith in him. I mean, they didn't attempt a field goal over the last three games, and some of that's game flow and being down in those games, but... I mean, it would be hard to say that you would feel good about Tristan Vizcaino lining up a 45-yard field goal to win a game, right? I mean, when he's missing PATs to tie the game late in the fourth quarter, like what he did against the Cleveland Browns. So for Dustin Hopkins, I mean, career 84% on his field goals, that's pretty good. Over 50% on those 50-plus yard field goals. I feel like for your kicker, that's what you want, right? Make more than half of your 50-plus yarders. I mean, at least have the ability to do that. I think Michael Badger was two out of six in his career on 50 plus yard field goals, right? So that's only 33%. But for the PATs, I mean, you should be hitting at least, you know, 90% of your PATs. I mean, this year, Dustin Hopkins, 10 out of 12. I mean, he's made as many kicks as Tristan Vizcaino in that regard on the PATs, but, you know, three fewer attempts. So you trust what he's been able to do for the rest of his career as far as PATs. He didn't just lose that. Obviously, he, you know, missed a couple with the Washington football team. They didn't have a lot of faith in him. He didn't have a great season last year, but the Chargers had to make a move because you could just feel, especially when you see Ty Long on the sideline, right, kind of ripping into him, what it seemed like from afar. This team didn't trust that kicker. So, like, Brandon Staley, I talked about it yesterday, right? Like, it looks bad on him if he keeps trotting this guy out there and he keeps on missing kicks, and now it's Dustin Hopkins. And it was the right move. It was the smart move, I think. You just had to try something different. But you never want to be the team that's having to try out multiple kickers in the same season. I mean, that's just never led to good things for any team, I would say, for the most part. But what it does show, David, and I mean, we deserve, or I mean, the front office deserves at least a little pat on the back here, right? Because Brandon Staley assessed the team during this, right, by week, and we knew what the weak spots were already. And this was a time to do it. Now it's Andre Roberts hopefully improving the special teams return game. And now Dustin Hopkins improving the kicking game. We still have to wait and see if they're going to do something riskier, right? If they're going to make a big move and actually trade for someone. Obviously, these guys were on the street, so they were it's easy access to go get these guys. But it still means the Chargers are continuing to, you know, build this roster and shape this roster in Brandon Staley's image and still trying to bring guys in if they have to. Like you're like we talked about, you're not going to bring in certain positions and find answers at that at those positions. But I guess a minor pat on the back for the charge front office, at least going out and doing some things that needed to be done. Up to this point in the season, I think you had a checklist of things that you wanted the Chargers to kind of change or get better at. Number one was probably kick returner, punt returner. The second one, definitely kicker. Those were big problems throughout this first six games. And I think that third one, is that defensive lineman. I, I know if you look around Chargers Twitter or, you know, just Chargers uh, anywhere, they all are saying, hey, we need help in this run defense. We have to add to that defensive line. we got to get an impact player. And it seems like the only way the Chargers are going to be able to do that is if they take a risk and they make a trade and they go out and get a player. If they do that, then you feel like, okay, the front office, the organization really feels like they're going to go for it here this season. You feel really confident that they've evaluated the team at least the same way everyone else seems to be looking at it. And they're going out and they're trying to do everything that, everything they can to make the team better. We haven't seen that yet, but we still have some time before the trade deadline. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the guy's Akeem Hicks, right? That's everyone is talking yeah. about on social yes. media. He has ties with Brandon Staley in his time in Chicago. And I mean, the last time we really talked about it, the Bears were three and three, kind of still in it, not obvious sellers at the trade deadline. I mean, he doesn't have any contract after this season. They might want to try to get something for him. Now they just got wall up to 38 to three or 35 to three, one of those two, with Justin Fields getting intercepted like three times, fumbling three times. That team doesn't look like it's going to do anything this season, even with a pretty good defense. So after next week, it could be even worse. They could lose another game, be sitting at three and five with the Chargers ready to make a big decision potentially. Just go ahead and let them go. Just let them go. We'll take it. Go ahead. Go ahead and let them go. I still don't think it's going to happen at this point, but I do think the Chargers did the right thing by bringing these guys in. One thing I did think was interesting that I saw was Field Yates saying that the other guy they tried out, Elliot Fry, went nine out of ten in his workout with the Chargers, and his only miss was from 64 yards. He was most recently on Atlanta's practice squad, and that was from Field Yates. So what did Dustin Hopkins do at that practice, right? If <laughs> right, guy's yeah. going 9 of 10 and obviously making some 50-yarders unless they're going from 48 to just, all right, let's try you from 64, two yards less than what the of NFL record is. Like, makes me think that dude might have been booming some 50-plus yarders, right? But obviously Dustin Hopkins must have done something to make the Chargers feel like he was worth taking over another guy who they brought in who had a really good day. I think if it was close, they probably just went with experience there, right? But I think the Chargers at this point, though, coming out of the bye week can realistically feel like they have more upside at returner, right, with Andre Roberts. And they must feel like they can be better at kicking than they have been so far this At least season. have some more confidence. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, Dustin Hopkins has to prove it. We know that it's not always a straight lateral move when you go from one team to another. It doesn't always mean it's just going to translate. And if there's been ever a franchise that is – turned good kickers, right, or guys who we don't really know what they are and just had them be worse with the Chargers, you know, or with the new team is the Chargers. But we do have two more segments to get into. So coming up next, we're going to talk about a Bolt B article talking about five players who must improve going down the stretch of the season if they want to be brought back to the Chargers for the 2022 season and beyond. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about an app that if you don't have already, you're missing out. And it's the Get Upside app. I mean, it's an incredible app that everyone needs to buy if they get gas. Get Upside, you can find on the App Store or you can find on the Google Play Store. And what it does is if you're getting gas, it's going to save you money. So when you look at the numbers, you pull up to the gas tank, you can take 25 cents off that sometimes up to 25 cents and up to 50 cents on your first gallon when you pull up. I mean, gas is getting crazy. If there was ever a time to go get an app like Get Upside, I mean, right now it's a no-brainer and you can get up to 50 cents back on your first tank when you use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And some of our listeners are making hundreds of dollars, right? Especially rideshare drivers. If you do something like that, this app is going to save you guys so much money and there's no catch to it. I mean, that's the best part. You can get the cash back however you want it. You can cash it out to your bank account. You can get it on PayPal or you can get an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. So there's no downside, guys. Make sure you guys get upside so you guys can download the free GetUpside app and save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up with the promo code to touchdown. Start saving money on gas, guys, and start saving money with get upside all right david well this was an article that you sent me from bolt beat and specifically from jason reed who's putting out a ton of content over there i mean that dude i don't know if he ever sleeps it seems like he's doing like four or five articles a day but it brought up an interesting point right it brought up some interesting talking points and it was guys who probably won't be back with the chargers next season if they don't play much better than they have right or in some cases staying on the field and the first guy that they talk about is Uchenin Wosu, and that is an interesting one because he's a second-round pick for the Chargers whose contract is about to run out, and he couldn't get it going in the Anthony Lynn-Gus Bradley regime, right? And we just were like, give him some more snaps, give him some more snaps, give him some more snaps. 
He got some more snaps last year with Melvin Ingram, and it didn't quite work out the way we would have hoped, right? We hoped it would have been a little bit better. Brandon Staley comes in, and you're hoping he's the guy that could potentially unlock him, right? He's the guy that can get what the talent and obvious upside that we saw in flashes from Muchen and Wosu on a more consistent basis. Now we're sitting here, though, David, six games in, one sack, pretty underwhelming, has not been good in run support so far this year. You know, one of the reasons why the Chargers have been so bad. One of many reasons, you know, I'm not going to say like uh, the other guys have been picking out much of that slack, but now David, for a guy we were excited to see in the heir apparent to Melvin Ingram, I think it's fair to have him on this list. I mean, 11 career sacks in 51 games. I don't know what that contract would look like for Uchenna and Wosu, and I, it'd be hard to gauge, you know, how much the Chargers would want to bring him back if he can't pick it up down the stretch, right? Yeah, I mean, four and a half sacks is your career high. I mean, through the four years that you've been yeah, in the that's league, that's not impressive. It's, it's just really not, unfortunately. And also, he's also allowed four receptions on, on four targets <laughs> so far this year. Obviously, we know coverage is not his game. It never yeah, I'm not going to hold that against him. No, right. I mean, that's probably just part of Brandon Staley's defense. But this is a guy we were expecting a lot more from. We were expecting this guy to be a 10, 12 sack type of guy. And we saw that in flashes. We, we you know, he really excelled in that playoff game uh, against Baltimore where he, he was able to get that strip sack and pretty much uh, seal the victory for the Chargers in that game. Seal the playoff win, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that, that was huge. And that, that'll definitely be a memory he can look back on throughout, you know, his first early years of his career. But so far, it, it's just I don't think that he's done enough to warrant another contract. 13 pressures, seven hurries, one sack in six games is not enough. I mean, when you have one of the premier pass rushers on the on the other side of you in the NFL, you need to get him some more help. He was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the next man up when Melvin Ingram left. And Melvin Ingram's having a better year by all accounts than Uchenna Nwosu is right now. So the Chargers definitely need to take a hard look at Nwosu, and he's going to have to really go off these next 11 games if he wants to get another contract with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to play very well. And, I mean, he's been getting the snaps to do it. And I think the you know part that sucks about it is, like, you're watching these games where Joey Boza is drawing so much attention and opening up so many single-team opportunities, one-on-one situations for all these other pass rushers, and they're just not being able to get home enough of the time. So, Uchenna, we've seen it in flashes, but like at a certain point, you are what you are. And we've talked about that with you know other guys too. Jerry Tillery, I get, you can only be a breakout candidate so many times before you're just a guy, right? I so, feel like that's a shot at me. Oh, no, it actually wasn't, but... I mean, it just, I like, you know, I was never expecting to be a double digit sack guy necessarily, right? But I think at this point, you would have hoped to see like a seven sack season, a nine sack season, or just a ridiculous pressure season. And he's winning so many of his one on one matchups. And like, none of that has happened to this point. But let's get into the next guy here. And it's Justin Jackson. I thought an interesting thing that he put on here about the running back for the Chargers, who's been injured a lot the last few years, is just if he didn't have that game against the Steelers, then we wouldn't even really be talking about him this way, right? I mean, and that's probably fair. He had a great game in 2018 against the Steelers, helped lead a comeback where he forced like seven missed tackles in the second half of that game where the Chargers ended up coming back to win. But then I remember the next season, though, too, he played like two or three games and he was averaging like nine yards a carry or something along those lines. And it was like, oh, damn, like this dude is for real. And then he got hurt, came back, wasn't the same. And I think, I don't even know if it's a question. Like, I mean, he... It seems like he still might get some run, right? He's still active on game days when he's healthy. He's not like Josh Kelly or Larry Roundtree where they're, 
you know, maybe just making him inactive. At the same time, though, I mean, a lot of that is special teams, right? He is playing on special teams. It's hard to imagine a situation right now where the Chargers bring Justin Jackson back in 2022. Yeah, a guy who was very durable at Northwestern, did not miss a game in his college career, has missed 19 games in 48 potential opportunities in the NFL. He's just been very hurt. That's been the story. That's been the storyline of his career in the NFL is, is his inability to stay on the field. Now, when he is on the field, you know, he's a decent player. I mean, the 4.7 yard per carry average, uh, not this year, <laughs> but he's he's been a decent player. He's had some good agility. He has some good explosiveness and some speed, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field and be consistent. This year, it's been bad. 10 rushes, 22 yards, seven catches for 34 yards. He hasn't got a lot of opportunities, but he hasn't done very much with the opportunities that he's been given. Justin Jackson, I don't think there's anything that he's going to be able to do with the remaining time that he has to be able to stay with the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers drafted two running backs in the last two years. I just don't think there's any way Justin Jackson is wearing lightning bolts next season. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard to say at this point if any of those guys will stick you know, behind Austin Eckler. I mean, that's the good news for Justin Jackson is it still seems like the Chargers are open to letting someone come and share this backfield on a more consistent basis with Austin Eckler, right? Because they're giving other guys some run. It seems like less and less because it doesn't seem like they trust any of the other guys besides Eckler. But it seems like he will have an opportunity at least to maybe earn back some of that favor. It just At this point, it seems like it might be too little, too late to see him coming back in 2022. But the last couple of guys here, a couple of aging veterans, right? Chris Harris Jr. and Brian Bulaga. Tristan Vizcaino also was on this list, but he got cut. So we don't have to talk about that part of it now. Brian Bulaga... I talked about it before, but like the way Brian Staley's talking about it, it seems like it's like maybe he'll come back at the end of the year. I mean, that's kind of just the way I'm insinuating it. Maybe that's not fair, but like when he's talking about it, he's not saying like, oh, he'll be back, you know, like it doesn't seem like a short. Yeah, there's no thing. air of certainty in his voice at all. No, and it just for him, he's still under contract. He's the only one that we're going to talk about in this part of it that's still under contract next year, but it's very reasonable to let him go and the Chargers have, according to, you know, Spotrack $78 million in cap space in 2022. Jesus. So like they, they, they'd be able to handle 3 million in dead cap for one season. That's not a, a brutal ballooning contract that you're going to really regret. Like we've seen Tom Telesco learn from his time before he had those contracts. He doesn't really make them like that anymore, but obviously this is looking like a bad signing. And like I felt about Brian Bulaga, how I felt about Corey Lindsley. Like he was the perfect guy for the chargers to go get that season when they got him. And now he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. I mean, just 499 snaps in the last couple of seasons, right? One plus season, obviously. One season in six games. And the, the problem is, like, last year he played 10 games, right? But even those 10 games, like, he didn't finish a lot of those games. Yeah, so what, like, 45% of the snaps, right? I think we've come up with that number a couple of different times, which for a guy making $10 million a year, that's not going to get it done. Exactly, and then... So I just feel like even if he came back and played at an all-pro right tackle level, it's just hard to imagine he gets to come back for the Chargers next year. It would make sense for them financially to take another risk on that after going through two seasons where you know he's going to play less than half the snaps, right? And in this case, maybe much less than that. So let's get to Chris Harris Jr. Because I think that one is more interesting because he's played okay this year, right? I mean, he's only played in three games, though. And that's another tough thing is like Chris Harris Jr. never struggled with injuries. And now has missed quite a few games, missed seven last year's already missed three this year. So 10 games in the last 22 games that the Chargers have played. So 
it for him, it's not as much about talent, but when he gets to the end of this contract, he's going to be another year older. The Chargers are going to be getting younger in the cornerback room. They have guys like Asante Samuel Jr. who can play some of what he does. They have Tavon Campbell who's coming up. That's been pretty good, actually, so far this year. Veteran leadership is something, and Jason Reed talks about that, but like, how much is that worth? Because at this point, David, this isn't even to take shots, but like, the last time we saw Chris Harris Jr. playing at an elite level was probably 2018 because he wasn't good his last year with the Broncos. Last year's an incomplete grade because he just wasn't out there enough. And this year, I think he's played okay, right, through three games that he's played. So he's another one where it's tough to say that you know the Chargers would go after him again after this year. Yeah, it sucks because, you know, he he's one of the best undrafted free agent players in NFL history. And I was very had, excited about it. Had, yeah, had when a they phenomenal career with the Broncos. He was a feisty player. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's Strap, Strap Harris is the guy you really enjoyed watching. I mean, he's a guy I admired from afar and also secretly hated because he <laughs> did shut down a lot of Chargers receivers and make a lot of big plays for the Broncos over the years. But with the yeah, Chargers, he he's been okay, uh, but he's been hurt a lot and he's on the wrong side of 30 and you know, unfortunately, I'm on the wrong side of 30 now, but oh, yeah, I know. But the injuries, you just, you, it takes a little bit longer for you to recover. Uh, and, you know, hey, what is the motivation going to be like for him anyway? I mean, he, he's already made a lot of money in his career. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a beautiful family. I'm not going to question his motivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, Chris Harris Jr. at this point, like I said, he's a legend, but I don't know how much more gas he has left in the tank. And, for the Chargers who have Michael Davis, who's been with the Chargers for several years, I think he's going to probably take just on that leadership role. Yeah, he just got a contract extension. I think he steps into that leadership role. And I think Chris Harris Jr., uh, I think honestly it might be a good good, good chance or a good opportunity for him to retire. Oh, I mean, it's just hard to imagine him reclaiming what he was right at this point. And he doesn't have to be as good as he was to be good, right? He doesn't have to be as good as he was to be valuable. But yeah. for the Chargers, I mean, there's been a youth movement there. I mean, last year, you had Chris Harris Jr. and Casey Hayward in the same back, you know, same defensive backfield. Now the Chargers are getting a lot younger. I would say they might even be shopping or at least, you know, looking to draft a cornerback next year. I mean, you can never have too many DBs, according to Brandon Staley. It's hard to imagine Chris Harris Jr. will be back, but it doesn't mean he can't play better down the stretch. And I think he definitely could. But we do have one more segment that this segment inspired us to do and that is players who if they keep it up you know like mike williams so far this year that they are going to get the bag for the Chargers, or at least be back with them for the 2022 season and beyond so we'll get into those guys coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the lockdown Chargers podcast is betonline.ag and they're back and better than ever guys they have a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season college and professional football. I mean, some of the bets I like brain and Staley coach of the year. I mean, still a favorite right now, still a good bet, but make sure you guys head to the new updated desktop or mobile site right now to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. That's promo code locked on all caps. One word from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing and UFC. And there's a big UFC fight this weekend or your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that they have going on for the 2021 season because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online, where the game starts. I was going to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar in the world. And of course, as you know, I'm talking about Built Bars. And I mean, I forgot we're doing YouTube now. Like, I can go get Built Bars and just start eating them. 
during these ad breaks. But what I love about Built Bar first is just the flavor. I mean, if it doesn't taste good for me, just I'm just not going to eat it. And that's just the truth. And one of the things that helps me never get bored of Built Bars is all the flavors. And especially right now, they're cranking down new flavors left and right. Limited time flavors all the time. I mean, there's so many different flavors to choose from. They're all covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. You're not going to get anything waxy or chalky with Bill Bar. You're going to feel like you're eating a candy bar while you're getting something that still fits on your diet because Bill Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, and low on sugar and high in protein, which is obviously important as well. But the great flavors, that's what it's, you know really sets them apart for me. Most protein bars, you're not going to get a ton of flavors to choose from. You're going to get bored of it eventually. With Bill Bar, there's so many to choose from. I mean, go peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. Those are two of my favorites. I just had the blueberry muffin Bill Bar, which doesn't even feel like it should ever fit on your diet, right? A blueberry muffin. And it does, but you can go salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia, which is obviously the best named one out of the group. But you can even save some money on it. If you guys want to get in on the best protein bar that you're going to find, make sure to go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15. To get that to save some money at build.com. All right, David. Well, we have one more segment to get into here. And again, well, I just want to thank you guys for checking out the YouTube show, continuing to listen to us wherever you get your podcast from, and most importantly, making us your first listen. We really appreciate that. But obviously, David, when you're talking about guys that you know aren't gonna come back next year, it's fair to talk about the guys who will come back next year, right? And with Mike Williams, I feel like at this point, obviously, if he keeps up what he's doing, it's a blank check, right? I think yeah. what makes it interesting, right, is if he slows down considerably, right? If he misses six games, that's when things are going to get a little sticky because, like, obviously, if he keeps this up, he looks so good in this offense. But you've really only seen this is, like, the best start to a season he's ever had. So, obviously, he's a, a, the guy that you look at number one who is going to be with this team next year. But – he still has to keep it going to some extent. He still has to finish up, you know, have a pretty good season the rest of the year. Yeah, no question stay about healthy. it. Yeah, Obviously. he absolutely has to stay healthy. But I know Mike Williams has the respect of the organization. They know that he's a very tough guy. He's played through a lot of injuries. Yes. And and he's he's been there for his team. And that that definitely means something. And that is very respectable. But this year, it seems like everything's clicking. Of course, he's got those six touchdowns on 498 yards. 179 yards after the catch. That is awesome. And it's just because they're giving him those opportunities to take the ball and run, and he's making the most of it. He's also got that average as well. two wide-open touchdowns against the Rams as well. Yeah, obviously. Helps that that number a lot. That helps it, yeah. And then (laughs) it helps also the 15.1 yards per reception average as well. But Mike Williams is going off. I mean, but hey, if he does continue to go off, the Chargers are going to have – two wide receivers that are going to be at or close to the $20 million per per year average with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And there's not a lot of precedent for teams doing that, right? In the same salary cap space, right? The good thing is, is like, and that other thing we're talking about trading for people and stuff, it's like, this is the window now though, because you can afford to do that a little bit when you have Justin Herbert, right? On his rookie contract, but you can have a big extension for Derwin James coming up too. Obviously, like I talked about, the Chargers, according to Spotrack, have $78 million with the rollover that they have this year going into the already free space they had next year. That's a ton of money. Like That's usually what you see like the Jaguars have just because like they're yeah. not signing everyone. They're just 
too busy being terrible. But I think that, I mean, the Chargers will have the space to do. It. And that's, it's nice going into a segment like this, like, oh, who are they going to pick? Right. Because it's like they, they'll have, they, if everyone <laughs> they that we're about to talk about, they want to, yeah. Every person that we're going to talk about, they could bring back next year, even if they absolutely ball out down the stretch. So let's get into the next one here. I think Kazir White is another guy, David, where he's played well enough that you definitely would want him back in 2022, right? But it still is kind of an interesting situation because Kenneth Murray after this, is going to have two more years plus his fifth-year option, which what are you doing with that right now? That's a conversation for another day. But you also have Drew Tranquil. You also have Nick Neiman, you know, coming up through the ranks as well. So it is going to be interesting with Kazir White, and obviously if he continues to play well and I think plays the run a little bit better than he has more consistently. I mean, he's a guy that has to be near the top of the list because he's just been making plays, two forced fumbles, two interceptions, getting tackles for loss, getting nice reads on screen passes, stuff like that. So – Right now, though, he's definitely put himself in a great position. Yeah, I think Kaiser White's really coming into his own in this Brandon Staley, Ronaldo Hill defense. I think he's really playing his best football. He's very comfortable. He's got those years under his belt, and he's the best coverage linebacker that the Chargers have. The passer rating against him right now is only 59.1, so he is locking down opposing receivers for the most part or tight ends, whoever he's covering. He's doing a great job of doing that, and they don't really have another prototype like that in their secondary right now or in the middle of that defense so I think Kaiser White if he continues to stay healthy if he picks off a few more passes if he gets you know a couple more sacks I think he's going to put himself in a really good position to get a decent payday when you know the Chargers and Kaiser White go to the table yeah I mean I think it's tough with linebackers like the thing is I think he's not good enough to really get a huge contract at linebacker but that probably works right. out in the Chargers favor in this sense because I don't think he's going to cost a lot you know next season I mean Denzel Perriman had his best year last year he didn't sign for very much and he still played you know pretty well when he's been in there for the Raiders this year so linebackers are weird where you have to really be like a Darius Leonard right you have to be a Fred Warner to really command the big bucks at that position yeah. uh, I do think that because white could be cheap and he's played himself into a really good spot to get that contract from the Chargers in 2022 but there's a couple more very interesting ones like we're talking about Linval Joseph another he's almost more in like the Chris Harris Jr. Brian Bulaga territory where he would just have to play so well because I mean look what happened when the Chargers brought Brandon Meebane back right after that first initial contract that he had we all kind of knew it was the wrong decision Linval Joseph has played fine I mean he's been one of their better run defenders this season it's just he still isn't generating pass rush even after you know one sack that he got it's still not a really a factor in that regard, but he could be, right? I mean, down the stretch, if he picks up three, four sacks, I mean, we're talking about a different conversation. That one is tough, but Kyler Fackrell, Jared Cook are two other guys where they signed one-year contracts, and I think they've lived up to him, right? I mean, Kyler Fackrell, I think he's played well. I think he's been a more well-rounded player so far this year than Uchenna Nwosu. He has two sacks and less pass rushing snaps than Uchenna Nwosu has his one sack in, right? They only gave him credit for five pressures, feel like that's not enough I mean that that seems a little low for me from pro football focus but Jared Cook as well I mean Jared Cook and, and for Kyler Fackler like let me just say first that they could bring him back in this role like that's what I'd be in favor of right now yeah. until we see more like if he keeps playing exactly the way he's been playing so far you still need to address edge rusher I mean we haven't really seen Chris Rump yet but you're still you need a dude across from Joey Bosa that can recap like that that's what takes your line to a special place is when teams have to make tough decisions on who they're going to double team on that line. Kyler Fackrell is not that dude, but in his current role, if they want to bring in a young guy and have Kyler Fackrell in here to kind of groom him, you know, take some snaps next season, 
I would get that. I would understand that. I think he's played okay. Jared Cook, that was another guy where he's getting older, but he's still productive. I mean, if you look at his stats, right now he's on pace for 60 catches, 666 yards, and around six touchdowns. Like, that's, a, I mean, if Hunter Henry did that, he'd probably still be with the Chargers, right, if he had done that consistently. So, I, Jared Cook is tough, David, because he's older, but he still has been productive. Yeah, I mean, 235 yards, two touchdowns up to this point. Uh, very respectable, 11.2 yards per reception, 5.4 yards per catch. And uh, some or, big catches too, right? Yeah, some yeah. Some, some big, yeah, for, stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some big situations. And he has that veteran presence. So I, I wouldn't mind you know, bringing back Jared Cook as long as he c- continues to stay productive and consistent throughout the year because I think he's a, a great person to continue to groom Donald Parham and Steven Anderson and eventually Trey McKitty in this offense because I don't think those I guys are Trey really ready. existed before you said yeah, that. Right? I mean, he's been in, inactive in the entire season. But, I mean, I, I hope that, that the Chargers have a plan for him eventually. But I think Jared Cook is, is a solid guy. I think he needs to stick around because I love that veteran presence and that just, you know, the mental acuity in this Saints-driven type offense. I think it would be a, a big benefit. And also, it seems like he has a good relationship with Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with what Donald Parham looks like, right? Because right now, he's gotten in that Ladarius Green territory where it's like you're seeing some flashes from him, right? And you're like, well, damn, if that dude just got, you know, six catches a game and was able to run like that, like, he could be the best tight end in the league. And we saw what happened with him after he left the Chargers. I mean, really nothing. Injuries derailed some of that. But, like, I think that'll be a big part of it because Steven Anderson's solid, right? Donald Parham, obviously, you see the talent. So I think it's going to have a lot to do with those guys how they progress throughout the rest of the season on whether the Chargers want to bring back Jared Cook or need to bring back Jared Cook. I mean, you still want to have one of those guys that's that guy at that position, and right now you don't know. Like Hunter Henry, you knew he was going to be solid. Like You knew he was going to be a borderline top 10 tight end when he was healthy in the lineup, but health was a big concern for him, obviously. You don't know that about any of the Chargers' tight ends right now, right? Jared Cook is... I would say an above average tight end, even at his age right now, but he is still getting older. You want to find a dude. You you still should be looking kind of at that position is what I'm saying, unless you start seeing some major steps from some of these other guys. You just don't have one of those top tier dudes. But like even then, like how many elite tight ends are there really? Like the Darren Wallers, the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles. Maybe. It's, It's a lot easier said than done. Like tight ends are harder to drop. I mean, Kyle Pitts, obviously. You, you want one of those if you can yeah, find one of those. That guy's a monster. Don't exactly grow on trees. But it is going to be interesting to see what they do with some of these veterans because those guys have all played well that we've talked about. But depending on age, I mean, the contract isn't going to hold them back, though. Like, that's the nice thing for the Chargers. It's not – if they don't sign these guys, it's just going to be because they feel like they have better options, right, or they want to go out, get somebody else potentially. But the Chargers yeah, the, will hold all the cards in that the situation. The Chargers are Uncle Scrooge right now. They're just going to be swimming in cap space. I mean, I feel like the Chargers are too much Uncle Scrooge right now because I want to open up that pocketbook and bring in somebody like Akeem Hicks, right? Like, let's open that thing up and stop holding all the gold coins in that vault. Uh, And I think we would all be appreciative of that. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. But thank you guys for listening today. Thanks for making us your first listen. And make sure you guys are back tomorrow because David is going to be joining Mike Debate from the Lockdown Patriots podcast. And we're going to do crossover Thursday for this giant game for the Chargers this weekend against Bill Belichick. Mac Jones and the Patriots. So to get some enemy intel on that, make sure you guys are back here tomorrow. And you can do that by making sure you're subscribing to us on our new Locked on Chargers YouTube page 
Make sure you're following or subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find us basically everywhere. Make sure you guys follow the show on Twitter as well. You can find every episode on our Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find our Twitter for me at DanTalkSports and for David at DroTalkSD. And we wanted to do some voicemails. We don't. We didn't really have enough to do them on today's show. We still want to start doing that, even though we're doing YouTube now. We still want to get into that. So if you guys want to call into that, you can call into 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every charge voicemail played on the show. But we are so close to being back to football, David. The bye week is almost fully over, and the Chargers are almost back to playing football on Sundays. Thank and you, Jesus. Matchup. Yeah, against the Patriots. So make sure you guys are back tomorrow for our first ever Locked on Chargers YouTube crossover event right that'll be our first one tomorrow so that's exciting make sure you guys are back here with us tomorrow until then take it easy and go bolts